Welcome to another episode of Dreamer Talks. I am Trevon Gross Jr., your host. I am joined today by Jess Simon, who is a newly sworn in uh, public defender in Connecticut. Jess, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, obviously, you're a lawyer now. Yes. What's that like for you? Like that, you know, you just got sworn in. Tell me all of those emotions. Um, so I would say it's it's almost like a surreal moment because I wanted to be an attorney for quite a long time, maybe since about 2007-ish. Okay. Uh, so I graduated in college. To, I graduated from college in 2008. Mm -hmm. um, but since then, I've wanted to be an attorney. So the feeling that I'm having now is like surreal. I'm really happy. It's like I'm working but not working because mm -hmm. I'm actually doing something I really enjoy. That's awesome. So I wake up every morning, I'm really excited to go to work. Mm -hmm. um, I get excited to read police reports and go through my files yeah. and talk to my clients. Um, so it's a really good feeling. That's awesome. So tell me more about just the process to become a lawyer because I kind of know a little bit, but like what is that process like? Like I know law school, like how long is law school? What do you have to do after law school? What, explain that to me. Okay, so I know, uh, so I spoke to many students. I used to recruit uh, for my law school uh, after I graduated. Okay. So I was an alumni admissions recruiter. Uh, so many students had the same question because they know they wanted to be an attorney but didn't know the process. So the process is um, you just need a bachelor's degree uh, and then you have to take the LSAT, okay. which is the law school admissions I test. Say, I heard that's a really hard test. I couldn't imagine. It can yes, it can be very tough. Um, when I took it, I worked part time, so I left my full time job, worked part time, and studied for the LSAT. Okay. Um, usually they administer like four times a year, but I think mm -hmm. they're doing a little bit more now. Okay. So just uh, you need a bachelor's degree. You don't have to get your master's. You can. Um, many people do to make their application more marketable. Yeah. Uh, but as long as you have your bachelor's, and then law school is three years. Oh, uh, okay. I thought it was longer. No, it's three years, and then you have to take the bar exam afterwards. Now, that's the really hard one, ain't it? Yes. And okay. then you have to pass the bar exam, and then there's a process with that. Uh, they have, like, a character fitness requirement. So mm -hmm. depending on the state, each state has their own character fitness requirement. Right. And once you are recommended for bar admission, then you get sworn in, then you officially become an attorney. Wow. So, so you went through a long process to get to where you are. Yes. So... Let's go back. Take me back to you decided that you want to be a lawyer, right? Did you kind of just know all that stuff that you needed to do? Did like how did you like? No, I actually I did not know at all. Uh, I was pretty. I was a little confused, and I had some insight, but I wasn't really sure what the process was. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a, there's a law school missions council. Okay. So LSAC.org. So you has, actually have to register on their website and you apply through them to apply for law school. Right. Um, so for me, uh, I didn't know because I'm the first person in my family to attend law school. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so I had to ask a lot of questions and it took me quite some time. So initially I was pretty fearful of applying. Um, I heard like all the scary stories so I talked myself out of applying quite a few times. Okay. And um, when I attended Hope Cathedral, uh, when I was here, I did uh, Hope Cathedral. I did a a small group, so about your vision, and ended up doing like a vision board, and I put law school on there, the LSAT, I put all these things on there, mm -hmm. and from attending church there, um, it helped me to gain a stronger faith and to leave my job awesome. to go to law school. Oh. So that's how that happened. But as far as um, to answer your question and knowing the process, I didn't really know. So I just started going to the LSAT forums. Mm -hmm. So many law school Many law schools are there, and you can ask them questions, they give you right. fee waivers, things yeah. like that. So from doing that numerous times, mm -hmm. I like traveled all over. I went to D.C., New York, Atlanta. From doing that, then I That's understood awesome. the process a little bit better. That's really dope because, I mean, in hearing you even explain that, it's like because you just knew I want to be a lawyer. I don't know how, but mm -hmm. I want to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. You know, you had just a willingness to, you know, I'm going to travel to D.C., I'm going to travel to New York, I'm going to travel all these places, and I'm going to ask questions. Because I feel like a lot of people don't, are fearful to ask questions, you know, like to get that information. So when you were asking all those questions, was it just like, I have no shame in asking, like, it might sound like the dumbest question ever, but I'm asked, like. Oh, no, no, absolutely. I think sometimes, because I'm an overthinker too, like many people, like we think about things, but I do feel that if you don't ask or you don't take a chance, you won't, mm -hmm. you'll never know what's, what can happen. And um, for me, like I knew I wanted to go to law school 
when I said 2007, well, it wasn't just like I knew, like I didn't go to college knowing. Um, mm -hmm. I was an engineering major at first, electrical engineering. Yeah. And I ended up graduating with an economics degree. But while I was at Spelman, mm -hmm. um, there was a lady named Dr. Jane Smith, who I absolutely love. She's amazing. Awesome. And she pushed me to do like every leadership program on Spelman's campus. She also pushed me to do this program called PLEN. Mm -hmm. So it's called Public Leadership Education Network. So it's geared towards getting more women involved in politics. Okay. So they, the school paid for me to do the women in con. I'm um, sorry, women in public policy seminar. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know anything about politics when I went. Right. So I went to D.C. I was on Capitol Hill. I met the U.S. Treasurer. Um, we were at the executive office next to the White House. Um, so I was able to meet people. I actually um, loved it so much that they had a women in Congress seminar. And my school didn't have the funding to pay for me, but I said I really wanted to go. So I saved my money. And during spring break, when all my friends were in Miami, right. I went to D.C. to do wow. the conference. So while I was at that conference, um, Congressman John Lewis, mm -hmm. so, we, so let me back the story up. So there I met a lot of congresswomen, mm -hmm. and I was able to sit in on congressional hearings and things like that. And I was in the hallway on Capitol Hill, one of, one of the buildings, and Congressman John Lewis walked past me twice. And so I wanted to say hi, but I was scared. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, well, if he wants to pass me a third time, I'm going to say something. And of course, yeah. and it's, it's crowded up there. So yeah. the likelihood of him walking past a third time was like slim, but of mm -hmm. course he did. So I went up to him and I introduced myself. That's awesome. And then he said to me like, oh, come upstairs and I'll show you around the office. And so I did. And so later on in the day, I went upstairs and uh, another young lady and I went. And when I was leaving, I asked him before I left, do you have any internship opportunities? Now, at this time, I told you I didn't know much about politics. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew he was a congressman, but I didn't exactly know where. Yeah. So it just happened to be that he was a congressman for Atlanta, where I went to school. So he said, uh, well, I don't have any internships here in D.C., but we may have some in the Atlanta office. So he ended up giving me the business card there. So I called, and I told them, and I ended up getting an internship. So from that experience, just because I asked him, right. do you have any internship opportunities? And he said, well, call up call the office and I did and I had an interview and they hired me for an intern. So let tell me more about just that experience of going to that event. Was that uh was that like motivating for you, like in a sense, to like mm -hmm. be around all these congresswomen? Like you obviously like you said you weren't into politics or you didn't know much about politics at the time. But like just being in that space, mm -hmm. was that like motivating to you? Oh it was very involved? motivating. I it was like um you ever been somewhere where you just felt like this is where I belong or you just yes. feel like super, like really comfortable mm -hmm. or you feel empowered? So yeah. the whole time I was there, I felt empowered. Awesome. Um, during that same week, I went to a congressional hearing and um, Barack Obama was at the hearing, but I just missed him. So I saw his nameplate. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I really want to meet this man. Because yeah. this is like when he was like just running. So he wasn't that popular at the time. Yeah. Um, but I said I wanted to meet him. So I found out where his office was, and the same young lady and I went up to his office, um, and I introduced myself, and there was another lady that worked with him who also went to Spelman, so she okay. and I were talking, uh, well she graduated from Spelman, so she and I were talking, and he came upstairs, and so he came upstairs, and he tapped me on the shoulder, and he's like, hey, how's it going? And I opened my mouth, and nothing came out, and I like, <laughs> yeah, like, it was bad, and I like to talk, so uh, yeah. the fact that I couldn't say anything to him, yeah. I, it was just bad. So then he went in the office, came back out, and then we followed him by the elevator. So there's a senator's elevator, and then there's a general public elevator. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was staring at him. I couldn't say anything. The only thing I could say was, can I take a picture? So we took a picture with him. Then I followed him onto the senator's elevator, realized I couldn't get on the elevator. So then I got off, mm -hmm. and I was stuttering. Then the girl was with, fell on the floor. So he watched that whole thing. It was, like, really bad. What? But, <laughs> yeah, was, Wait, this yeah. is all in front of Barack Obama. This is all in front of him. It was really embarrassing. So from that experience, because mm -hmm. he was the only person I've ever met that made me feel that way, um, I said, well, I, I want to volunteer on his campaign. So when I was in Atlanta, they had one event. I mm -hmm. went, volunteered, and I spoke to someone there. They gave me a contact in D.C. So that summer, I interned in D.C. at the Public Defender's Office, and uh -huh. I also volunteered on his campaign that entire time. Wow. So I got a chance to see him a few more times. And mm -hmm. then I did Camp Obama to learn about like grassroots organizing. So all of that and those experiences um, kind of fostered my drive to want to become an attorney because most politicians are attorneys. Right, yeah. For um, sure. 
in addition to that, I always had a passion for criminal law or criminal justice. So mm -hmm. those two reasons were the reasons why I wanted to go to law school. That's amazing. Like, I feel like to have such a crazy story like that with in front of Barack Obama, did that bring like a level of, all right, well, I mean, that happened in front of Barack Obama, like... I shouldn't be nervous to meet anyone now. Like, did that, was that, was it, like a level really of that? Was. I was like, well, I literally embarrassed myself in front of this man. So, I mean, I shouldn't be shy to ask any questions or right. do anything or be, you know, it's okay to take a risk, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if I didn't say anything or go to his office, I never would have volunteered on his campaign. Right. Um, if I didn't say hi to Congressman John Lewis, I never would have got an internship in his office. Right. And from interning in his office, I was able to meet Hillary Clinton and the Dalai Lama. Mm -hmm. So I would never have had any of those experiences right. had I not said something. Right. Even for the back, if you hadn't saved up for that trip. Right. Instead of being, you know, wherever with your friends on spring break. in Miami. Wow. Yeah, everybody wants Miami. I, so. They still do. They still go. <laughs> That's awesome. So let's circle back. So you had a professor, Jane Smith was her name, correct? Yeah, Dr. Jane Dr. Smith. Dr. Jane Smith. You also mentioned you were in a small group here at Hope Cathedral. Yeah. Right? So it sounds like there was like a, a, a group of people that really helped you, you know, continue basically to push you towards being a lawyer. Like, tell me more about that in the sense of, you know, how did they help you? What were they saying to you? And if there's more people that were in your circle of helping you push you towards that, like, tell me more about that. Okay, so while I was an undergrad, Dr. Jane Smith, she was um, also a Spelman graduate, but she was in charge of the Leadership Center. Okay. Um, so I used to just say hi to her, and I feel like she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself yet, so mm -hmm. she was the one that like, pushed me to do more leadership opportunities. Mm -hmm. Things that I didn't even, wouldn't have even thought to apply. She's like, you should apply and do this. I think you'll be great at it. And I said, okay. So I did. Mm -hmm. And um, it was... A really great experience and I'm glad that she did do that because it helped me to tap into my own potential that I didn't know and sometimes some people know their potential right away and then some have an idea right. of what they might like but not really sure mm -hmm. um, but from her pushing me I got so much experience that I was able to learn more about myself and things that I like and things that I don't like mm -hmm. um, and so moving from there I worked for some time in the public sector and every time, I worked for a police department too, so every time I would like go in a courthouse or have to get a subpoena, I just felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. um, and so while I was at Hope Cathedral, one thing that really helped me is I joined the small group that I told you about for your vision, and then I actually became a small group leader. Okay. So Pastor Quinn actually pushed me to be a small group leader. And um, at first I was like trying to avoid it. I was like, you know, but yeah. I, I, didn't tell, I didn't tell her that, but I was right. like, I'm not doing this. And um, <laughs> I remember she sent me an email with the, I don't, I don't, whoever was running the bookstore at the time, and she like put her in the email, like, Jessica, what's your um, topic? And I was like, uh, you know, so right. I like Googled the topic really quickly, and then I was like, well, I'll just do this. So I got put on, on the spot, but I'm glad she did it because I was trying to avoid right. doing it. Um, I didn't want to pray out loud. I didn't want to do any of those things, but... From her doing that and pushed me to do it, I had like at least seven or eight people in the small group. Mm -hmm. And I know some small groups may only have like three or four or five, um, but it really was a blessing. And she told me I'd be blessed by it, and I was. So some of the fears that I had, I actually didn't have anymore after being a small group leader. That's awesome. Um, wow. So that was, it was just, so I can say without, within my, well, throughout my journey, there was a factor of fear, but, um, Coming to Hope Cathedral and then having other people in my life to push me to do better mm -hmm. and just realizing that I can do this helped me. So it's yeah. just sometimes I, I always tell people it's like usually it's whatever you're thinking you had to stop you. It's not anyone else. Like right, you, can, absolutely. you can accomplish a goal. Absolutely. Um, so that helped a lot. Um, and even while I was in law school, you know, being a, the, per the first person in my family to go, I didn't know like, you right. know, many yeah, of my class, yeah, yeah, I didn't know anything. So many of my classmates, they're, uh, parents were our attorneys and things like that, so they knew what to study, how to study, and right. those things. I didn't know anything. Like, really? I was in class, like, wait, how do, how do I write this brief? Did anybody else understand? Like, I remember yeah. coming out of class, I'm like, did anybody else understand what just what just happened? Yeah. Um, but I had, I, I met um, professors that really, like, took a liking to me and really helped me. Okay. And I was able to go to them, talk to them about it, or even, like, the things that I was confused about, mm -hmm. they helped. Um, and so... It's really important to find people who will support you and who 
believe in your dream just as much as you do because they'll help push you right. along. And I've had people help me do that throughout this whole journey. Yeah. Throughout this whole journey. Yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, you kept using the word fear and things mm -hmm. like that. Is that something that is, is that something you still deal with now? Is there a fear of anything at this point? Because, I mean, you've done it, right? Like, what, is that still a factor to you? Of course, um, you know, when I'm working, I'm like, okay, I really want to make sure I do a really good job. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's fear. It's just, right. I want to ensure that I'm doing the best that I can. Gotcha. Um, but am I afraid to take a chance? No. Am I afraid to go after things that I want? now no yeah am i afraid to like try something no yeah no, i so. can imagine that's always like the biggest you know confidence booster in the world when you have other people that really i'm not gonna say don't know you mm -hmm. but like they didn't grow up with you you know they they're just meeting you in this certain space right with right. college like with with dr jane smith like you didn't know her prior but you said that she saw something in you mm -hmm. that you didn't see in yourself like i can imagine that that just has to be like the most empowering thing in the world because it's like now it's like wait well if I've been selling myself short and this one person is right. seeing something in me like well all right let's try to take on the world and see where the where the chips may fall um, but that's awesome really oh yeah so now I'm like oh anything that I'm interested in I want yeah. to try I'm, just, I'm going for it, it. Huh? yeah <laughs> that's awesome so tell me more about just your experience in law school right because I only know it to be just a lot of reading like what. How was that for you? Like you said, you didn't really know how to do things. Like, what was that like for you? So it's almost like learning a different language. So you're in you're in class and you're reading, you know, cases and they're very dense. Okay. And then you have to like pick apart the case. So you have to figure out what the, what the subject is, what the issue is, what the rule is. Like you're mm -hmm. looking at all these things, and it takes training and it takes time to be able to read it and figure that out. So that's why they have you like brief cases, mm -hmm. and they teach you how to do that. So right. that you'll have like a legal writing class and mm -hmm. everyone in every law school usually takes the same classes during their first year. Okay. So you're taking like torts, criminal law, um, property, I'm trying to think of the other classes. So you're taking similar classes because those are the subjects you're going to be tested on when you take the bar. Gotcha. Um, so many people don't know that either. Like your first year oh. classes are yeah. classes, like your core classes that you're going to be tested on when you take the bar exam. Wow. Yeah. Now with the bar exam, mm -hmm. right? What was that like preparing for that? Like, is that, was that just kind of like a, this is the bar, or is it kind of like, all right, this is just another test? Or like, what oh, was that like? No, I can honestly say that was probably one of the hardest things I ever had to do. Okay. Um, was studying past the bar exam. You definitely need, like, discipline. Mm -hmm. You need great time management, and you need to be focused. Okay. Um, so, I had to take the bar exam, more, you know, I took it more than once. And when I studied the first time, I was trying to still do a million things like how I normally do. Gotcha. Um, I remember I was a keynote speaker for where I worked in high school. So mm -hmm. I worked at Seabrook Village. Okay. So I was a keynote speaker for their scholarship award ceremony. And then, um, so I was doing that and trying to do other organizations and all those right. things. Right, yeah. That didn't work. Wasn't so it? clearly I, I didn't pass, right? Um, and so when I took it again, I had to... Honestly, cut everything off. Like right. I did nothing. Yeah. But study. But study. That's. Like, I feel like that's like one of the like most frustrating things. Like in the process of it, mm -hmm. where it's like, this is just a test. I should be passing this, right? But then it's like, how do I? Like you, you know, you take it once, you don't pass. Then it's like, all right, back to the drawing board. Oh, but oh, let me just explain because we're making it seem like it's like a general test. The, uh -huh. the bar exam was two days. It's a two-day test. Yes. So yeah. Oh, I'm say. thinking it's like SATs type. No, it's it's, it's a two-day test. It's a two-day test, and you're there all day. Jesus. Yeah, so you're there all day, and um, there's like a day of writing, and then there's a day of like multiple choice. So okay. there's at least like 16 areas of law that you have to study. Wow. Six, 16, yeah, different areas. So, and then within those areas, is like different components. So, and I know some people who may listen, maybe listening to this, may be like, oh, that sounds boring or whatever, because it's a lot, right? But yeah. just to give an example. Um, like you heard of torts? Have you heard of torts? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard of torts. Okay. So you know you have like intentional torts and then you have negligence, mm -hmm. right? And so there's different types of intentional torts and then there's different rules for those intentional torts. And then there's negligence, right? And there's different mm -hmm. areas of negligence like duty, breach, causation, damages. And there's different rules for each one of them. So you have to know 
all of that stuff. All of it. All of it when you're studying for the bar. Ooh, so yes. that's why you can't really do it. That's why it was better for me not to do yeah. anything and just study. It Ooh. really does take discipline. Girl, it's not smart. It's not easy. You can fight me. It's not it's not an easy exam, but it's right. but it's you can do it. Absolutely. You know, like after you, you know, you take it the first time, whatever doesn't go your way. Did you know, like, all right, this, I gotta cut this out? Did you just like know that, like this has stuff has to go, or was that a process figuring out? Um, it was, but it was also because of my own habits, right? So I had to realize, okay, what did I do wrong then that I can do better now, mm -hmm. right? So I do a lot of like self reflection okay. all the time with everything. So for me, it was just. Um, how did I study before? What did work? What didn't work? Mm -hmm. What do I need to do now? And what do I need to do for my habits? Because right? your habits can really impact you. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that was the main thing. Mm -hmm. And then studying, it was fine. So after that. But so, did I walk out of there feeling like, yeah, I passed? No, I had no idea. You had no idea. No, I prayed throughout the entire test. Before, nice. after, during. Yeah. And when I found out I passed, I cried. So hard, like it was like that ugly cry. Yeah, you just know? the yeah, like that Annalise Keating kind yeah, of cry. Yeah. No, nah, I just finished that too. That's that. Yeah, that's that's I mean, crazy. It was, yeah, it was bad. I mean, people Facetime me, and like my eyes are like bloodshot red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, one of my best friends, because the the results are public. Mm -hmm. So one of my best friends, she, we were on the phone together, and we were like, okay, the results are coming out. And she was like, well, I'm gonna look. You want me to call you back? And I was like, no, just you know, stand on phone me just in case. So then she said to me like, Mary Jessica, your name was on the list. And I was like, what? And I like instantly started crying. And I was just thanking God. Like I was yeah. crying. And she was like, why are you going to look? And I was like, I can't. I'm I can't. Crying. I can't. <laughs> like I was crying so hard. Yeah. But because it's not an easy exam. Not you know? right. So I was just happy. Um, but the journey was tough. Um, mm -hmm. Law school is not really easy either. Um, but... If you have a good support system, if you have people you can study with, even if you have to study on your own, it's more mm -hmm. so, it's a mental thing for you. Like, just knowing, like, I'm here for a reason. God put me here for a reason. I can do this. Mm -hmm. um, if you keep, I feel like if anyone wants to go to law school while they're in it, they keep telling themselves that they'll be fine. Right. But once you start comparing yourself to other people, it can, and you can be the most confident person going into law school, and mm -hmm. it's easy to compare yourself to your classmates or to right. say like, oh, something they got it and I didn't get it. Yeah. Most people don't get it. They just yeah. are trying and raising their hand, but most people are in the same boat. Um, so it's just to get out your own head, right? Mm -hmm. And really just know that I'm here and I can do it, right? So yeah. I think that was one of the biggest hurdles, like when I first got there. The comparing was a, was a hurdle for you. Yeah, in the beginning, because yeah. I was like, oh, well. You know, people raise their oh, hand, right, yeah. or I'm in class, and like the teacher would say something, some things I got, and some things went over my head. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, how did, how did they get it, you know? Right. But then I realized later, everybody. Yeah, y'all don't know. They don't know either. Y'all don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. So I'm over here, you know, stressing, and you guys don't know either. Right. So it's just, it's just really just not, not focusing on the external stuff, mm -hmm. and just really just, Focusing on why you're there. Remember, remembering what made you want to be there. Because right. there are going to be high, like there going to be high days where you're like, oh, I got this. This is great. And there are going to be some days where you're like, I have no. Are you going to walk out of class and say, I have no idea what that teacher just said? Yeah, that has to be. You know, like your first year, it's like that. You're like, I, I don't know. Right. Like I just <laughs> sat there. Someone talked at me for however long. Exactly. But, yeah. but then there's days when you're there, you're like. Oh yeah, I'm getting it. You that know? has to be like the best feeling. Those <laughs> days gotta feel the best. Yeah. Like if you have a bunch of those days where it's like, I don't know what I just listened to, but then that one day, or even shoot, yeah. that one segment, I thought, I got that. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Like now, does, does that like that has to feel like? Oh no, it feels amazing. Yeah. yeah. But by the time you're like in your third year, you you know you have a better handle. Actually, after like half is, after your second year, you're like, okay, I got mm -hmm. it. I'm a little bit better. So yeah. by the time you're in your third year, it's it's okay. Gotcha. Now you said earlier, in order to succeed in medical law school, mm -hmm. that you gotta have good time management, good focus. And what was the third thing you said? I forget. It was, it was some, the third thing you said. But were you good at? Are you good at time management? Was that something you were always good at? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. no? Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Like, what, what was that like in terms of figuring out? Because I feel like that's like a whole other thing to figure out on oh, top of yes, it is the material itself. Yeah. So I've always been the type of person where. Um, I can do a million things at one time and still be okay, right? Mm -hmm. And still get it done and it was fine. Right. No, you can't do that in law school. You I can't. Yeah. And I remember my dad gave me advice and he said to me, now I know you like to get involved in everything. Don't do that your first year. 
just focus on your schoolwork. And I was like, yeah, Dad, I'm going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to join everything. So I get there my first year, and I join everything. So I'm like a part of the criminal law society, oh, constitutional man. law society. Like, I just joined, like, all these yeah. things, BALSA, everything. And I even joined a competition team. So um, it's like, basically, they teach you about negotiation and uh, client counseling and things like that, mm -hmm. right? So it's called the Society for Dispute Resolution. So I joined that. I do mm -hmm. all these things. You can't, no, that's That wasn't it? No, that wasn't it at wow. all. So I always tell people now, like, your first year, like, please just focus on your schoolwork. So, because that's where I messed up. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, you'll have plenty of time to do things your second year, third year. But your grades matter. Right. They really do. Especially yeah. even with jobs, they matter. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it took me time to learn that and to balance being able to, like, say no. Mm -hmm. um, because all those things sound interesting. They were doing great things on campus. And I would go to all these meetings, all these events, and I'm like, wait, but I gotta finish my homework, you know? And yeah. so, in undergrad, you know, you can do all those things oh, and still easily. be the homework. Yeah, absolutely. Or you can write your paper at the last minute and still get an A or B, mm -hmm. but... Yeah, we just gotta pass. Undergrad, you just gotta pass. You can't do that in law school. That doesn't lie. Wow. At all. That's crazy. Like, don't... Mm -mm. Because it's easy to fall behind mm -hmm. and very hard to catch up. That makes sense. The teachers can give you like 30, 40 pages of read per class per night. Per, yeah. And this is dense material. So. Yeah, like you really got to retain it. Yeah, so, okay, just, you mind if I ask you a question? Okay, so if you read like 10 pages of a book, how, how long would that take you? Mm, I would say five minutes, five, seven minutes. Exactly. 10 pages in law school can take you like 45 minutes an hour. Because so, you have this thick book, right? and then there are all these words in there, all these, like, that you don't know the definition of, so now you have to have the dictionary next to you and your book. So you're looking up terms as you're reading. Then you're going to go back and read it. Then you're trying to understand what you're reading. So it can take you. Right. So I tell people that all the time, like, oh, it might take you a long time to read 10 pages. Where do you find the time? So you must not have been doing anything. Like, I don't, so you're telling me that you were having this whole I mean, this is your setup. first year. Like, your first year. Yeah, like, your first, you have this whole setup of reading. Uh -huh. But you're also doing all oh, this I was, stuff. I was trying to do it. Well, you, you were trying, but. And it didn't work. And so I had to stop. Right. Because, yeah. It takes a long time. It's not like how you just read a book for leisure and it's mm -hmm. like quick. No. Yeah, no, reading for leisure is completely different from, like, academic reading. Oh, yeah. Like, no, this, yeah. It's very dense. So you, wow. people literally will sit with their dictionary mm -hmm. in their, their book. Wow. Now, are you close with any of the people you went to law school with? Like, are, do you feel like you came out of that with, like, close buddies or anything like that? I'm going to honestly say no. Mm -hmm. I have friends um, yeah. or associates, people that I'm friends with. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't talk all the time. Yeah. Uh, we talk here and there. But I can't right. say that it's the same as undergrad. Right. right. Um, and the reason why I said that for me, it was just navigating through law school and navigating that whole process. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I don't think I had the time to bond as well as I did when I was yeah. an undergrad. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense though, because you're you like you said, it takes forty five minutes to run, to read five <laughs> pages. I mean, when you have the time to even build those type of relationships. Yeah. I mean, but some people do. Some people have made really great friends, and mm -hmm. like you know, they're in their weddings and things like that. Um, for me, it, was, it wasn't just navigating law school, but also just being comfortable with being uh, within a small group of people of color that are in law school, too. Because there's not right. that many people that look like us in, in law school. So Fact. being comfortable in that space, as mm -hmm. well as trying to understand what I'm doing and mm -hmm. navigating that is, you know, those are the battles within itself of right. trying to get through. So um, it can be tough. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, law school's more competitive than uh like undergrad like class you know there's class ranks and things like that so right. um i think all of those things play a part in how you build these friendships and these bonds mm -hmm. um so yeah those, those those were some of the difficult things um i can say that i went through now i want to ask a fun question mm -hmm. so you get the news you didn't pass the bar Mm -hmm. You crying, boo hoo, and Annalise Keen like we we a whole mess. Oh yeah, it was. It was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. What'd you do to celebrate? Please well, tell me you did something to celebrate. Well, you know, it was during COVID, so oh, um, my friends uh, did like a parking lot party for me. Okay. So our cars were all like you know 
Yeah, just, the front. Yeah. We were all like, they had cupcakes, a big sign. It was really nice. So they surprised me with that. Oh, that's awesome. They surprised you with it. Okay. Yeah. And Dope. then what else did I do? Um, oh, a few people like brought me, sent me gifts and things because we couldn't really hang out because right. nothing was open. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, everyone was wearing masks. And yeah. so that's really how I had to celebrate so okay. I haven't really had a chance to really celebrate yet because it's still COVID is it just is the celebration coming I hope so so I want to go on a trip okay I mean, so I don't want to party I just want to go on a trip that's nice but I can't say I was I had a lot of support so when I got sworn in mm-hmm. um, my family came down and that's my line cool. sisters were there so at least it was like 15 people in the courtroom and of course I've been in six like, well, yeah, I mean, they're socially parts. distanced so, and all that yeah stuff, but, but, so because of that the whole courtroom looked full mm-hmm because everybody was so yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right. it felt good it was nice um and i was able to have like my own swearing in ceremony because typically mm-hmm. you get sworn in with everyone who took the bar and passed the same yeah. time you did right but because of covid they were doing it a little they bit did. differently wow yeah. yeah so what was that like in terms of um you know you having that support system because i can imagine you didn't necessarily have a lot of time to i guess reach out to them right no like did I would assume they they were still reaching out to you at least hitting you with some like oh just checking on you type texts and all that yeah like what was that like how did that make you feel just to know oh it was great because studying took all day mm-hmm. um so I took little breaks but I was studying all the time and I had a study buddy too oh you had a study buddy yeah okay. I had someone who was also taking a um, bar who was studying together so that helped mm-hmm. um but yeah just having that support was amazing because otherwise I don't know how I would have got through it because it's a lot. Yeah, that, that sounds like a lot. It's I a lot. couldn't imagine. But it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, did did you, um, if I explained what I did to go to law school? Like, to, no. to go to law school? tell me. Okay, so I was working full time. And, you know, I had, a, I had a dog, I had an apartment, I had bills, you know. Right, adult, stuff. adult yeah. life. Yeah. yeah, adult life. And I knew I wanted to go to law school and I was really really nervous about leaving my job because I was working for New Jersey Transit mm-hmm. and from my understanding it's hard to get in New Jersey Transit so most people get in stay and so um but I knew I was like I don't think this is where I want to you know build a career right so um in coming to Hope Cathedral um Pastor Quinn and Pastor Trevon like really helped me um, and helped me to like strengthen my faith. So with that, I came up with that. I was like, all right, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to work part time. I'm going to study. Mm-hmm. And I saved my money because, um, and I tell people this too, the whole process of law school is very expensive, but you can do it. So I saved my money to for the LSAT prep course. Mm-hmm. And so I left my job before I even signed up for the prep course or before I even signed up for the test itself. Right. So I took, you know, left my job and then I got a part-time job and I studied mm-hmm. and then I took the exam and I applied and I ended up getting in and I ended up getting a scholarship. Okay. Awesome. So if I didn't get that scholarship, I don't know how I would have been able to afford law school. Right. That's, wow. That's a great. Now, was I anticipating the scholarship? No. No. Did I even know how I was going to pay for law school? No. No. You was figuring it out. Nope. But I took a leap of faith and mm-hmm. I was like, God will work it out. And so I left my job mm-hmm. and he did. God worked it out. Awesome. So I was able to have, a, I got a scholarship that covered like 70% of my tuition. That's amazing. Now what law school did you go to? Quinnipiac. Oh, Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac nice Law school. school. Yeah. Okay, nice. And um, it's in North Haven, Connecticut. Wow. All right. So I tell people to apply there too. Yeah, they give out, it's a good school. Right. And they have good opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of hands-on experience and they give out a lot of scholarships. Wow. Now you, this all started from a vision board in a small group. Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I put it on my vision board. I didn't know what I was going to do, how I was going to do it. But I remember I had like my short-term goals and I had my long-term goals. And I even put like a, a black woman getting hooded at graduation. And then mm-hmm. I ended up actually having a picture similar to that. That's awesome. So they took a picture of me that looked yeah. similar to one that was on my vision board. Right, right, right. Yeah, but I had the LSAT there. I put what score I wanted. I put school of law. I put all those things. And be like prayed over my vision board. And mm-hmm. So you were really sick. Was that a vision board? So I don't really know how vision boards work. You look at it every day? Yeah. Like, okay. I put it up and I looked at it every day. Okay. So everything, mostly everything that I put on that vision board, really? I've, I've accomplished. That's amazing. How's that feel? Like, shucks. Like, yeah, I was yeah. <laughs> like, 
you know, you, you start with this vision board, mm -hmm. which is, you know, like, I don't want to disrespect anybody when I say this. Like, it's like an arts and crafts type of thing. And now mm -hmm. it's all here. Yeah. But you ever notice, okay, so what you watch and what you see and what you read and what you listen to all impacts you. Right. So if you're looking at something every day, then, like, you may not even realize you're doing it, but you're working towards that. Mm -hmm. No matter what it is, if you're listening to negative things every day, that can change your mindset to be negative. If you're listening to positive things every day, that can change mm -hmm. your mindset. Right. So if you're looking at your goals every day, mm -hmm. that's reminding you of what you need to be working towards. So even when you don't think you're working towards you are. Gotcha. Absolutely. Yeah, so, and looking in that every day, I started to change my own movements and things mm -hmm. and habits and decisions that I was making so that way... I can accomplish the goals that I want to accomplish. Wow. That's awesome. So, hmm. it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. I, I, can, I can imagine being where you are now. Yeah, I mean, granted, I don't have my dog anymore or anything like that, but it was one of the best decisions. Like, that's I amazing. absolutely love my job. That's awesome. Yeah, I was about to add. So, tell me more about like just where you're working now. Like, what's that like? So, now I work at the public defender's office. While I was in law school, I interned on both sides. So, I interned for the prosecutor's office and the public defender's office. Mm -hmm. So, I interned at the ACLU, the Brooklyn DA's office, um, the prosecutor's office, one of the prosecutor's office in Connecticut, the public defender's office in Connecticut. Um, mm -hmm. So, now I work at the public defender's office. And I love it. Um, I like having the one-on-one -on -one interaction with um, clients and being able to feel like I, you know, I can help in mm -hmm. some way. Right. Um, for me, like growing up, especially in like Neptune and Asbury, um, just seeing different things and I'm trying to say this in, a, in the best way possible. Um, I saw things that I wasn't necessarily comfortable with um, in regards to our judicial system or just policing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to be in a position where I can help or have a positive impact within the system. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew the only way I can do that is if I was an attorney. Okay. So uh, for me, I was like, I have to go to law school because I feel like I won't have a voice unless in this field, right, or in this mm -hmm. area, unless I go. Um, right. So, seeing different things and then even knowing people that I grew up with that have been subjected to the criminal justice system, the things that they went through and how it impacted their families and things like that. Mm -hmm. And many people don't know, like, yeah, no what, it goes, what people go through, right? Yeah, no and so, when a crime happens, it's not just the victim that's hurting, right? Mm -hmm. It's the person who's incarcerated, who's also going through stuff, it's their family that's also mm -hmm. hurting. Like, yeah. there are a lot of people that are hurting on both sides, and I think right. sometimes people forget that. Yeah, it does um, get lost. Yeah, it just, lost. it just looks at, oh, this person's bad, or they did it. And every mm -hmm. person who does, uh, well, who commits a wrongful act, is not, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a bad person. They just Correct. committed a wrongful act, Correct. right? Yeah. Um, and some are intentional and some aren't, you know, so it just... You can't really judge someone for the things that they may or may have done. Right. So it sounds like that that was your why to like you wanted to make changes within, you know, a, a system that you saw needed changing. Yeah. That was your why. That's my why. Yep. Wow. And so was that was that a thought that came in your mind, you know, when you're reading these five pages that takes an hour and everything like when it was hard, was that a thought that was always present in your mind? Like, mm -hmm. look, this is hard right now, but I'm this is why I'm doing this. Yeah, it was that, and then I said to myself, because I talked to myself, I said, Mira Jessica. <laughs> so said, yeah, those are the most important talks. <laughs> yeah. Those are the most important ones. So I was like, Mira Jessica, you quit your job to be here. Right. So you're going to get through this, you know? So yeah. I think we need to, I don't know if people do it enough, but people need to really encourage themselves mm -hmm. as often as possible. Like, right. speak affirmations to yourself often. I mean, I do. Yeah. And it helps. So um, when times were tough, yes, I remembered my why, but I also, you know, would encourage myself, like, what did I do to have to be here? Right. right. And so, you know, you have to keep the big picture at the forefront. Right. So it's kind of like, a, you know, I've, you've already made these many steps. You've already taken these risks. You've already overcome mm -hmm. this, these obstacles, things like that. Why are we stopping now? Right. And so even if someone takes the exam in the bar and they don't pass, it's like, well, you went through all of that and you went through law school, which is not easy. So why would right. you give up now? It's like the last hurdle. Right. So no matter how many times it takes someone, they should just keep going. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's the last step. So like, why would you give yeah, up? Yeah, right there. Yeah. Right there. It reminds me of, um, there's like, well, at least I saw this meme once 
where it was like these two guys like digging and it's like this whole like there's like a whole bunch of diamonds on one side mm -hmm. and this one guy he's like right there but he like quits but there's another guy that's like a little bit behind him that's like still working so at least it, what you said just would kind of remind me of that, where it's like, that's the last hurdle. Like, you're right there. Why quit? Right, you know, yeah. It's tough, but, you know, you can do it. Yeah, because you, once you get over that hard part and you're on the other side, it's like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, the, the hard part, I'm not forgetting. Mm -hmm. But it's not, I'm not dwelling on it or I'm not, it doesn't impact me or in a negative way. Like, like right. I'm not so fixated to say, oh, I went through all of this. Like, right. it's almost as if, it, I know it happened, but it's almost as if it didn't happen. Gotcha. Right? Because now I am in over that hump mm -hmm. and I'm where I always wanted to be. Right. Right? And I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So all of that was worth it. Like, yeah. all so, those times were worth it. So tell me more about just like now. Like, what's what's next is for you? Like, obviously, you know, you're, you're in the position that you want to be in. Mm -hmm. So now, obviously, your why is included in, you know, making changes and things like that. Is, are you now like working on a, another vision board or is that are we still in the process of that now if so can I get a little inside of what we're doing? Like, <laughs> I am still figuring that out um, so I'm working now in criminal law um, I'm enjoying it I don't I'm still trying to figure out what can I do because I'm still learning mm -hmm. um, being an intern and being an attorney is very different yeah, right absolutely. Your like before I was helping people with their cases and now mm -hmm. I have my own cases. Yeah, you, got, you got your cases. Yeah, it's like right. my cases. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, these are mine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. You know, my boss came with a stack. Like, here you go. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is for me? This is for me? Sure? All these? You look around like, wait, this this is for me? All, Yo, all these things are mine? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so it's still just navigating that. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, it's just to try to do the best that I can and really, like, help. You know, because mm -hmm. it's not, yes, these are cases, but these are people, right? These are their lives, right? And yeah. so even if it's a minor charge, it still can negatively impact somebody. So I mm -hmm. always think about that. Right. Like, how is this impacting them? Yeah, that's important because, I mean, Chucks, when you're dealing with at least the justice system, mm -hmm. you know, because everything is classified in numbers and all that type of stuff, it's, it's great that you remember, like, each number is a life. Like, yeah. this is someone's real life. And, you know, it just brings you back to your why. Like, I, it just sounds like, even just through your whole story, like you were just very deeply rooted in your why. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, to have the whole interaction with John Lewis, to go from having that hilarious interaction with Barack Obama, <laughs> to, you know, saving up for that trip to even go, to be in, those, be in that situation, then figuring out law school and everything like that. Like, I, I mean, it sounds like, you were just completely driven in your why. Yes. But I can say this too. I have an amazing group of friends and mm -hmm. we all encourage each other. Gotcha. Like all of us. Um, we are in our group chat and each one of my friends have went through a similar hurdle, right? Like coming out of undergrad and maybe not having a job right away or not knowing what they want to do and then figuring it out or not getting the job that they wanted mm -hmm. right immediately. Right. Um, but each one, I can say, has accomplished their goal as well. Who? I wanna who who? What are they what are they doing? What so I'm not gonna say names because I don't wanna put anyone anyone's business out there, but like one of my friends wanted to be um, she wanted to work in the entertainment industry. And okay. so like coming out of undergrad, she was working like two jobs. Mm -hmm. And then she did something similar and her story actually inspired me. She said, I'm gonna quit my job. She saved up her money, she said, I'm gonna quit my job and I'm gonna move back to Atlanta. So she did that. She moved back to Atlanta. She started volunteering, mm -hmm. um, different things, and she ended up getting a job for Tyler Perry Studios. So she wow. worked there for a little bit, and then she's like, you know, I really want to be a writer. So she said, I'm gonna go move to LA. Wow. And she moved to LA, and she ended up working like for um, Paramount Studios, and like she worked on all these movies and like Netflix, Netflix movies and things like that. And she's still in that field. Right. So she, if she didn't leave her job, yeah. she wouldn't be where she is. Yeah. Um, I had another friend who went to school, got her master's in forensics, and she uh, said, I'm not going to work another job unless it's in my field. And she ended up working from, she was an investigator for like, the, what was it, for like legal aid, mm -hmm. to being an investigator for the DA's office, to the AG's office, and now she's an FBI agent. Wow, good for her. Yep. That's awesome. 
That has to be empowering too, though. Yep. Like to have people that are around you, like your support system, like they're not just support in a way. Like, you know, like they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're chasing the mm -hmm. dream or goals that they have. Like that, like you said, I mean, that your friend quitting her job yep. inspired you to do the same. And one of my friends, she did the same thing. She was a, she was a school teacher mm -hmm. and she said, I want to go back and get my second master's. So she's like, I want to go to Harvard. And she ended up getting like becoming a principal mm -hmm. then she went to harvard got her second master's and then she got her edd from harvard as well wow. and so now she's a doctor mm -hmm. you know and That's she's awesome. working in like education at least she's working like education policy and things like that so she followed her dream and it you know she accomplished it so being around people that you see mm -hmm. who are doing it who are doing what they say they want to do and actually accomplishing their goals Mm. It's very inspiring. So I always tell people like get yourself a good group of friends, a good circle to be around. Gotcha. Um, because that also helped me to be where I am right now too. Awesome. In addition to my family, of course, well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very supportive. Um, and just people along my journey who saw something or was like, you know what, Mary Jessica, I think you should do this or try right. this. Right. Or presented an opportunity and then I went for and I applied for it. Like, right. hey, I saw this um, opening. You think you should apply? And I, mm -hmm. and I did. Not knowing whether or not I'll get it, but I still put my name in the hat. So I tell people all the time, don't tell yourself no. Like, let somebody else tell Let them tell you no. Right. But still apply and put your yeah. name in the hat. I mean, you're going to be in the same position anyway. Someone tells you no. What's the difference? What's the difference? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, I'm like, just do it. If you want to, if you think this is something that you want to do, then just try it. Because if you tell yourself no, you're doing yourself an injustice, right? Like, right. Absolutely. You're still in the same spot. Wow. But that no can really be a yes if you just put yourself out there. Right, to be, you know, to, to get the yes. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. That really makes sense. So you go through this amazing journey. You're a lawyer now. What do you want people to kind of know you for? Like, like, let's say, you know, someone's making a documentary about you, right? Oh, about just your, your journey, your life. What are, like, some key characteristics that you want people to know about you what are some things that you learned along the way like what were like some of those like key things where it's like i'm here because of a b c d like what is that for you that's a really good question oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh i'm a little stumped what do i say uh, <laughs> um so something that i would want people to remember me by um that i'm caring dedicated um, and that I'm really about my community. Mm -hmm. um, the community is very important to me. Mm -hmm. I know people say that a community is a whole, but like, we're all the same, right? So being able to help people. I'm where I am because someone helped me. Right. So it's important for me to help others too. Mm -hmm. um, you can't do this world by yourself. We're not even designed or built to do that. So right. for me, it's just leaving a legacy of like, she, she really tried her best to be there and help her community. Right. That's awesome. So are you in the process of like helping others now or are we still just Oh no no so as I was recruiting I so my job to recruit was just talking about my law school like talk about Quinnipiac. Mm -hmm. But I didn't just do that. Okay. Because my goal ultimately even in doing that was to increase diversity in the you know for law schools in general, right? right. Especially for Quinnipiac. So when I would go to talk to the students I would actually tell them about the whole process. Like this is what you need to do to start. Mm -hmm. Like sign up for the LSEC.org, like make an account. You need to be in leadership roles. You need to be volunteering. Like I would, like uh, I would ask the students, well, what are you doing? You know, yeah. what are you doing here to make an impact? Because mm -hmm. that will make your application stronger, right? right. So um, it's just things that people didn't tell me, so I would tell them. Um, mm -hmm. And I actually gave many of them my cell phone number, so people still call me to this day to ask me questions. That's awesome. About the process or like what they should be doing and things like that. So um, it's my goal to really help because it could be rough, especially if you don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's that's one thing that I do. You ask something outside. Um, <laughs> oh, what was my other question? You know what? I forgot it. But I'm always here to help. Um, I think I, I just it's just important to me um, to, to let people know what you need to do to get to where you know to get through this journey um so if anybody ever has questions i always ask yeah. or help them wow well just you have an amazing story 
Thank you. I, don't, like, I hope I was able to convey that today. No, I, <laughs> I definitely think so. Because, I mean, shucks, to, you know, to know that you it all started with, you know, you understanding your why, mm -hmm. to then transition to, all right, I'm going to be a lawyer. But then to kind of hit the, the obstacle of, like, that, that fear you talked about, the obstacle of, it seems like everybody else knows what they're doing, but I don't. Mm -hmm. But then also, you know, just all of that, those, those obstacles on top of, you know, the financial obstacles and just people seeing something in you that you didn't see in yourself to now be in the position where you're, like you said, you wake up fulfilled, you wake up happy doing what you're doing, where you are and things like that. Like, that is, I think, just so inspirational to me like even as someone that where i'm pursuing what I, everything i'm pursuing like to even hear you articulate that because you know everyone has different obstacles there's yeah. everyone has different types of obstacles so for you to have the obstacle of yeah i was afraid but i still did it but mm -hmm. to also have the obstacle of i had no idea what i was doing but i asked a bunch of questions like <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's, and I'm certain that there are people out there that really resonate with that. And, you know, with just your story and just everything we talked about today, um, yeah. it'll really be helpful. So this was, this was great. Thank you. I always tell people, I say, you know, most people know the end goal of how to get there, but they just don't, they just need the door to open. Yeah. They want you to open the door, just show them the path, they'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Right? So once that one, one door opens, it's like you just travel along and... Um, God really will put the right people in your life at the right time mm -hmm. to push you where you need to be, right? Yeah. To propel you to the next level. And so all of those things, if I'm looking back at just the journey itself, mm -hmm. it was like people were coming in at the right time and saying, hey, I found out about this, so why don't you try this or do this? Or um, just even in conversation, you know. Mm -hmm. And then later someone calls me and is like, hey, you know, I thought about you because this opportunity came up. And yeah. I remember we talked about X, Y, Z. So I always tell people, don't be afraid to talk. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I don't care what anyone's title is, who they are. That They, they can be the president. It doesn't matter. If you get an yeah. opportunity to talk to the president, yeah. talk to the president. You yeah. know? Well, so, you got your opportunity not to talk to the president. <laughs> well, <this> <laughs> <one>. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Like, I just tell, sure. Yeah, I just tell people that all the time because you never know right. what can happen, yeah. right? And so, if you shut yourself off, you won't. You'll never. You'll never grow. Correct. Close mouths don't get fed. I mean, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Well, that was a wrap uh, on another episode of Dreamer Talks. This was awesome. Uh, hopefully, see you guys on the next one.